0: Hey guys, we're really excited to announce that our live show in Boston with True Crime Obsessed is back on for July 31st, 2021. It was originally scheduled for March of 2020 and that didn't happen. So here we are.
1: Right. We all know how it went down when we were all together in Brooklyn, New York, way back in October of 2019. And then the world stopped. We were not able to get together with our friends at True Crime Obsessed, Jillian and Patrick. Also, Maggie Freeling will be joining us. We got the band back together at the Wilbur Theater. You can go to thewilbur.com for your tickets. And if you had purchased tickets to the previous shows, current ticket holders, because of the venue change, your tickets will be refunded. And then you'll have exclusive advanced access to purchase tickets to the new show. You should have received two emails, one confirming the refund and one with the link
0: to purchase the new tickets. And of course, True Crime Obsessed covers true crime documentaries. And in this show, they cover the disappearance of Maura Murray oxygen documentary that Lance and I were a part of. See you at the Wilbur. On February 9th of 2004, 21-year-old UMass Amherst student Maura Murray disappeared in the White Mountains of New Hampshire in one of the most perplexing mysteries of our time.
1: For years, we have covered Maura's case and the tireless online community that surrounds it in great detail. We have since expanded our mission with this series, raising awareness and shining a light on the stories of other missing persons.
0: We now sit on the board of directors of the nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing, which was founded by Bruce Maitland. Bruce's daughter, Brianna Maitland, went missing from Montgomery, Vermont, on March 19th of 2004, just six weeks after and about 80 miles away from where Mora Murray vanished.
1: Private Investigations for the Missing aims to assist with investigations for underserved families whose missing loved ones have been forgotten by the media or by law enforcement. Through our growing community, we hope to shed a light on these cold cases.
0: Families and loved ones can reach out to us at investigationsforthemissing.org. This is Missing. To missing i am tim here today with lance lance how are you today
1: i am doing just wonderful tim how are you today
0: i am doing well as well and lance this is part two of a two-parter that we recorded live on thursday july 1st it was a get vocal night that we did with Heather Hanna, who is Jared Hanna's sister. Correct. And the
1: reason why we did that on July 1st was because the following day would mark the 10-year anniversary of Jared Hanna, her brother's disappearance from Centralia, Illinois, where he was last seen. His white 1990 GMC Sierra truck was found abandoned on Jolliffe Bridge Road. And he was 28 at the time, and we go into some detail about him, the disappearance, and sort of where she's at now and where the the case is at.
0: And if you have any information, please contact the Clinton County Sheriff's Department at 618-594-4555. And make sure to jump into the Help Find Jared Hanna Facebook group, and that is run by Heather, and there's a link in the show notes. And make sure to listen to part one because we kind of jump right into it in the beginning here of part two.
1: And if you're interested in checking out any of our other shows, swing on over to crawlspace-media.com. Jason, you said something uh, a few minutes ago about not remembering every detail of it. I think it's almost a benefit when you hear the stories like this, like not knowing all the details, because you get these like gut instinct reactions sometimes. For, for example, I, I had never even considered uh, anyone siphoning gas out of a vehicle until, until Heather said that, you know, and not knowing the detail of that just makes it more impactful. Also with the guitar, it just stands out now. And there's something about reading it and even hearing it on a on a podcast maybe, but mostly reading details where you just absorb them the way you would absorb like, I don't know, like if you took Spanish in high school or something. You just kind of memorize and you absorb and it doesn't really mean anything because you're just trying to pass the test. I think like hearing it for the first time from someone like Heather is, is important, you know? So it just like made that when you said that, I was like, you know what, that all of these details are so like, they just seem so important listening to them from, from someone so close.
2: For me, you know, the beginning was just a big blur trying to remember everything and everybody coming. What can I do? What can anything that there is? What about
0: the rest of his car? Was was there anything else, um, found in his car that uh, is considered a suspicious or or odd to you?
2: Well, in his his duffel bag that he had, he carried a box of envelopes in there because he used it when he traveled, and he didn't clean it out. Those envelopes were strewn all over the truck everywhere. The truck actually belonged to my mom and stepdad. And he was fire chief, and he had one of his badges up on the visor, and it took us a long time to find it. We finally found it underneath the seat. It looked like the truck had been ransacked.
3: I'm no detective, but after hearing all this, I mean, it's speculatory, of course, but if he did come across somebody, I would say robbery is looking like a real possibility here. Guitar, amp missing, truck siphoned to gas, looks like it's been ransacked. Somebody's doing something. I mean, that's speculation. But if I had to speculate on anything, that that'd be the direction I'd go.
2: I kind of roughly figured that he had around two to three hundred dollars on him, and that was ne- that's never been found. It wasn't in the duffel bag at all.
3: When he went to the gas station and bought a soda, do you know if he used cash or card?
2: Uh, cash.
3: So he did. He had to have had some kind of cash on him, right?
2: he only had cash on him. He didn't, he had his, he had one of those net spin cards, which is how he got his paycheck from when he traveled for work. Cause it was the best you way, you know, that is the hardest thing to explain because I really don't know. <laughs> he worked for Orris and Bush and he went into um, sewer plants and treatment plants and I don't know what they spread on the fields. I don't know. <laughs>
3: Now, if I recall correctly, where they found that backpack, they were pretty well determined that that didn't just end up there, right? Somebody had to have gone and placed it in there that somewhat knew what they were doing.
2: There's there's been speculation that, oh, it floated down. Well, how could it float down when the clothes were folded and sitting on top of the duffel bag? And then there's been speculation that, oh, he walked back there and there's like a little ledge or something in the creek there and then it gets real deep and that he walked and he went swimming and he didn't realize there was a drop off and he drowned. I mean, they've come up with all kinds of different things. My brother knew how to swim. He swam in the river. So I don't see him going into water like that and not feeling with your foot to feel that there was a ledge there.
3: Was, was Was the bag, did it have like mud and sediment in it or do you know?
2: I know everything was wet and some of the stuff was covered in mud, but it could have been mud that was, if it rained, it splashed up, you know? Yeah. I don't, I don't want to speculate too much. I mean, you come up with all kinds of different scenarios for that.
3: Yeah. Well, it's its just like a lot of these cases. You can come up with a thousand different things and uh-huh. you just don't, you can come up with even maybe a most likely scenario, but even then you don't know for sure.
2: No, and we don't know. We have no clue of anything that happened with him. We know the bait was gone, so we know for sure he went fishing. We know for sure that he went and looked at a couple of cars, or he called about a couple of cars, and went and looked at some of them. But other than that, we don't know what he did. And the last phone calls on his phone were 930 on the 2nd, and they were to the kids' mother. And all we got out of her was that she could hear fireworks. His phone charger was there, so there's no reason why his phone should have even been dead.
1: What was the uh, search like once uh, the, the the report was
2: filed? The report was filed. Um, Clinton County. Well, moms kept saying the Clinton County would not, wouldn't tow it, wouldn't process the truck at all. And so, Jersey County, three days later, took it and did the fingerprints on it. We do know that there was a set of fingerprints. What they've done with that, we don't know. But we were finally told that there were a set of fingerprints found on the truck that were not Jared's. We organized the very first search. I had an airplane up in the sky looking for any kind of disturbances in the ground from above. And we had people on horseback and ATVs and people walking and doing grid searches all the way down. And we came up with nothing.
1: These fingerprints that were found on the truck, do you know where on the truck they were found?
2: No, that I don't know.
1: You had an an airplane that was flying and were they recording the, uh, did they have a camera that was recording uh, the, the ground?
2: No, unfortunately, no. It was somebody that just volunteered to take their plane up and look to see if they could see anything from up above for us. But the and area it, is so thick with brush and wooded, it, it was hard to see on the ground, let alone up in the sky. I know what that's like. All the uh,
1: property owners, were they cooperative?
2: All but one. <laughs> and they're still not cooperative with anything.
1: Why? They who are do they? do not
2: let you on their land at all.
1: Are they in the mob? Who are they?
2: I don't know who they are. I have never met them.
3: Is it a lot of land?
2: Quite a bit. South, Just been- south where the truck was found.
3: Have you ever had a private investigator on this?
2: I have not, no.
1: And it looks like Bruce Maitland uh, is in the chat, the Bruce Maitland. there's um, Craig over
2: after when we need him?
1: <laughs> right. He asked, uh, is, is the truck still available for DNA?
2: I have the truck, actually.
3: Oh. I remember that. You do still have the truck, don't you?
2: I have the truck. The truck doesn't run, but I have the truck. We're still trying to decide what to do with it.
0: Okay,
1: good. I think I think we have some ideas of what to do with the truck.
3: Tim and Lance have some connections in that area, don't you?
2: I think
1: a lot of people in this uh, chat and on this screen have some uh, connections to what can be done with that. So the truck's yours.
2: Yes, the truck is mine.
1: So you can do whatever you want with it. Yes. The truck uh, goes from the scene where it was found to your mom and dad?
2: To my mom and stepdad, yeah.
1: Your mom and stepdad, did they drive it?
2: Uh, they drove it home, and then uh, over the years, yeah, they used it when you could keep it when you can keep it running. That was the part of the problem.
0: It looks like uh, his cell phone also pinged off of the tower in uh, Centralia.
2: Yes, last cell phone tower pings were the tower in Centralia.
3: Didn't he go have a beer the night of the second somewhere?
2: I'm told he was in Alton, which is still like 20 minutes from me, about 13, 14 miles. That he was seen in two two of the bars down there, which I know he frequented when he did go out. But we never saw him on camera. And I don't know if when we looked at the camera, we just missed it or he wasn't in there. But the bartender is the mother of his best friend. And she swears she talked to him that night.
3: If I, if I recall correctly, he just had one beer right he, he was yeah, liking- one
2: beer, and then she said she turned she had to go help somebody and when she turned back around, he was gone.
3: Yeah I don't, I don't think there was any indication that he was intoxicated or anything like that.
2: No no, she said he wasn't.: What day
1: of the week was it?
2: July the second was on a Saturday. All right,
1: so yeah he p- pops in a bar on a Saturday.
2: Yeah, I'd stop and think <laughs> that's been 10 years.
1: Yeah, sorry, I'm impressed you got that.
2: Sure. Let me get my calendar out. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Grab their phones.
1: <laughs> no, I was, I was just thinking about like, uh, the bartender at the bar, you know, whether it was like a slow night or a busy night. So I imagine it was probably kind of a busy night, um, being a Saturday.
2: Fairly busy and holiday weekend.
1: Hol- yeah. But
2: she didn't work on Friday night. So she said it had to be uh, Saturday night because we even question. Definitely- are, are you sure it wasn't Friday night, you know, cause we know he was on Friday night for sure. But she said, no, she said, I didn't work Friday night. It was Saturday night.
1: Yeah, then it was. I mean, if uh, I love it when that happens because the first thought is like, well, the bartender probably got confused because they deal with so many people, but there was only two options here. (laughs) It was Friday or Saturday. And if she didn't work Friday, it had to be Saturday.
0: And what about his coworkers who suggested those uh, fishing spots? Uh, Have those guys been spoken to or have you spoken with them?
2: I only spoke to his boss because he's the one who told me, because we had contacted him to see if Jared, he had talked to Jared because he talked to him quite a bit. And um, he said, you know what? Let me get a hold of central city down there. It's right by Carlisle where they worked out of. And he says, let me ask them if they know of any places they told him when we were down there working for a few days. And so he contacted them. They all went and searched whether or not anybody ever talked to them. I don't know. I did not personally talk to them that I'm aware of anyway. Like I said, that first, those first few weeks were quite hectic, trying to get everything settled and figured out.
1: Can we talk a little bit about the phone call? Uh, True Crime PI had a good point In the chat, um, if he made the phone call to his ex and she heard the fireworks, uh, where were the fireworks that night? Were these just were these like major fireworks or were they, you know, kind of local residential fireworks? And
2: that I don't know. I'm going to guess that Alton probably had fireworks. They used to do them two nights in a row and they never do them on the fourth. So back then they probably were doing fireworks on the second and the third would be my guess and then but i think if i remember correctly Centralia had fireworks also
1: and that was around 9:30 at night
2: st louis also had fireworks too so yeah about 9:30 that would be anybody setting off fireworks Probably. at that time
1: was that it that was that all she heard was he trying to say something but she couldn't hear him because of the fireworks
2: she said all she heard in the background was fireworks that's all we've gotten out of her
1: all she heard in the background was fireworks yeah how long did the did the call last
2: Couple of minutes, not very long.
1: And if you, uh, I'm sorry for asking this because it's probably you. You probably don't know um, what kind of phone did he have.
2: Oh, good grief!
1: <laughs> sorry, <laughs> no,
2: sorry. Don't remember that one. <laughs>
1: okay, uh, I didn't know if it was a phone that had like a passcode to open, or was it a? No, like, it
2: was. I can tell you, it was a flip phone.
1: It was a flip phone.
2: Yes, it, back then it was flip phones. They were just starting to come out with the smartphones.
1: Okay, so he has a flip phone, which I don't know if that has a passcode to open, but
2: I think, I think so. so
1: hypothetically speaking, someone could pick up that phone, flip it open, and call probably one of the first couple of contacts that or previous calls,
2: yeah,
3: the cell phone was found in the duffel bag, though, wasn't
2: it? and it was yeah, it was found in the duffel bag with the SIM cards missing out of it. interesting because that's start- when they, you had to have the sim card put in'. them. Right. He broke phones like you wouldn't believe, so I couldn't even begin to tell you what brand we had this lot, had the last time.
3: <laughs> Heather, and did the sim-
2: they, do you still have that phone, or do you have it, or do you know where it uh, is? Clinton County has it in the evidence locker.
1: And the SIM card was missing out of the um, digital camera as well?
2: Yes, the, his little camera that he carried around had a memory card in it.
1: If someone's robbing him, why are they not taking the camera? I don't know. Why are they taking a SIM card out of his phone and the camera and not taking the devices that they could actually make money off of?
2: I don't know. And he took that camera everywhere he went. So it makes you wonder did he see something on the camera or did he record something he wasn't supposed to?
1: Was it a video camera or a still camera?
2: A video. Well, it was actually both.
0: Cool. And but you he said used he had a it- video
2: camera in it quite a bit.
0: And you said he had it with him all the time?
2: Oh yes, everywhere he went, he always had that thing on.
0: He was just filming everything. Uh huh. Did he have a laptop or a computer?
2: Yes, he did, and I had actually found it at a pawn shop and what? paid the money to get it back. <laughs> so I have did it.
0: How did it get to the pawn shop?
2: I he took it.
0: Oh, so he pawned it.
2: He pawned it. Was paying oh, okay. to get it back. When he did it, I don't know.
1: If he was, if he was filming everything with his camera. Where was, he, where was he offloading that footage?
2: Some of it was on his computer. What
3: was the footage of? Just random stuff?
2: Just random stuff. The kids, ah. places. Kids were using it. He,
1: if, he, if he shoots with that camera all the time, if he films with that camera all the time, then he's always making sure that he's got a, a fresh SIM card in it. He's always making sure that he's able to do it. The fact that they're missing from his phone and his camera... Like, if something happened to him, right, why is somebody taking that?
2: That somebody didn't want anybody to find. Yeah, you don't That would be the only card. reason they'd be missing. Because if he just went swimming, why would he take the memory card and why would he take the SIMS card?
0: Heather, what about the possibility of, of leaving on his own? Did Have you uh, considered that? Has that been discussed with authorities?
2: we discussed it. But when he traveled for work, he was too worried about still having the kids taken care of. I mean, he called them every single day that he was gone. He always made sure I had money to take care of him for diapers and stuff because Caden had been in diapers. So I can't see him just up and walking away from them. That, wow. that theory, I, I keep that in the back of my mind, but the theory just don't make sense. Well, and that's one of the things Clinton County said, oh, he's 28. He He just took off. So they didn't want to do anything because oh he's a man he's he's 28 he he just took off no that's <laughs> out of character i'm
1: so i'm sorry like never in my life have i ever, as bad as things get like i've never been like i'm done i'm taken off i i get how people could do that but it just blows my mind that outsiders whose job it is to look into these disappearances can say hey they can just run away if they want like come on like people like i know that people do that but that's not that shouldn't be your default like hey it happens all the time.
2: Usually when people do that though they've there's given a- some indication they want to do that.
3: Yeah, because, there's like a build up to it.
2: Yeah, and and when you have somebody like Jared who it's out of character for him not to go get his kids or say hey, would you pick him up? I'm going to be late or something like that. It it's all out of character for him. And it doesn't seem like law enforcement wants to listen to that. When you said, "Hey, <laughs> this ain't normal,"
1: I mean, just just the cards missing from the camera alone should be something.
2: Yeah, I which mean, we didn't discover that till four months later, but that should have been a red flag right there yeah. that this wasn't ordinary.
1: Were the uh, was the camera and cell phone uh, fingerprinted?
2: Everything was so wet that. They said they couldn't get fingerprints off of anything. There was a shirt in the bag that did not belong to him. What?
0: Yes. Well, how do you know it didn't belong to him?
2: Well, right after it was found, we went down for that search. I got to see everything laying out, and I kept saying that shirt isn't his. Well, Mom kept going behind me saying it was. Well, when we went down a couple of years ago, and I finally got to see a bag, the bag stuff again, because I've been asking constantly to see it, no one oh sorry, nobody's here to get it out. That's what I got every single time we went down there. And uh, they finally got it out. And I said, that shirt is not his. I want to say it had like a pub crawl or a poker run, something like that on it. It wasn't a shirt that he ever had at the house. And I saw his laundry all the time. So
0: is that shirt in evidence as well?
2: Yes. All that is still in evidence. The shirt, his shorts, <laughs> the other shirt he had on because there was two shirts in the bag, the one he didn't have and the one he'd had on.
0: Mr. Maitland asks, uh, have you ever had a computer expert take a look at the computer for any uh, computer forensics on that?
2: No, Clayton County didn't want it. I'm the one that went and picked it up from the pawn shop and everything, and I've been through it.
3: Do you still have it?
2: I still have it. I have his clothes that he had on the day before here, too, in a bag.
1: It would be interesting. Uh, Tiff even has a point that kind of goes with Mister Maitland's point about uh, could he have had a separate email account where he sent photos? She says she had one for her son where she sends all the photos that she wants to. Uh, I want to save for him. Um, so that kind of goes in with the the uh, the computer uh, forensics. Uh, you can send that hard drive. They can they can recover things, uh, deleted files, and there's you know the hard drive contains more than just what's. Um, uh, visible to you if you turn the computer on.
2: Yeah, because I'm not very tech savvy when it comes to things. I'm friends with a
3: private investigator that specializes in data recovery.
0: Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, there could be a lot on there that. Um. And are, now, tell me again about the 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 pawn shop uh thing. So so Jared himself brought the computer down there for for money, and then he was paying it back. Is that it? yeah. Paying back to get like the he, computer like back at some a point. Loan out on it. Right. Okay. Okay. So no one else had that computer that that wasn't available for someone else to, to get. Okay.
2: And it, he even had password put on there, which I was afraid to even try it. <laughs> so one of my IT guys that I worked with said, hey, I got a program I can run to see what the password is. So he run that to make sure that was it before I put it in. Because with how Jared was, you never know if he booby-trapped something and... I'd lose everything on it.
3: Heather, there was a question here in the chat room that I didn't want to get lost. It was asked by a lady. Uh, Susie actually asked, how can we help with the case? What What do you want the community really kind of as a whole to, to, what do you recommend that they do to continue to help you out?
2: Just keep spreading the word. Hopefully one of these days, someone will come forward with something.
0: And good time to give that number. Clinton County Sheriff's Department is 618-594-4555. Jared Hanna was described as 5'7 and weighing about 195 with black hair and brown eyes. Is that all accurate?
2: Yes.
1: And where, where can people go to get information if they want to help?
2: On Facebook, I have a Help Find Jared Hanna page. Um, I actually created an email account. It's helpfindjaredhanna at yahoo.com, all lowercase. I know I did some things when I come back from (laughs) CrimeCon. Learned a few things while I was there.
0: Person goes missing. Their loved ones often find themselves overcome with worry and grief. Bruce Maitland started the Five Hundred One C Three nonprofit organization, Private Investigations for the Missing, because he knows this feeling all too well.
1: When Bruce's daughter Brianna disappeared in March two thousand four, he was surrounded by licensed private investigators dedicated to finding her.